Hi there! Welcome to episode 5 of Eccentric Chai, the podcast for artistic misfits, wayward explorers, and the creatively weird. I'm your host, Lena Forrester. Today on the podcast, I'd like to get real with you. These past several years have been a suck sandwich for everyone. But our most recent local event has me starting to feel like maybe we're coming out on the other side. At least here in our little Missouri town. Before we begin, don't forget this podcast is a sister project to my blog, Eccentric Chai. I will put the link in the show notes so you can partake if you so desire. Now, without further ado, let's get started. For a lot of us, it started with COVID. But here in Jefferson City, Missouri... It started with a tornado. At the beginning of May 2019, I was excited to be a part of my very first PorchFest. For those of you who don't know, PorchFest is an event that takes place in a chosen residential neighborhood during which homeowners donate their porches for a period of time to provide quote-unquote stages to live musicians, visual artists, writers, and tons more. There are food trucks, there's tie-dye stations, tons of fun stuff for the kids to do. It really has become one of my favorite events in this area. One of my best friends, Leanne, is the cultural arts specialist at JC Parks, which means she was one of the main planners of this event, which I find pretty incredible because she was also running our local gallery at that time. I asked her a few questions for this episode, and the very first one was about this particular porch fest in 2019. I asked her if she could remember it and if she could tell me any of the highlights from that day. She says, PorchFest May 2019 was our second largest event compared to the one we just had. The streets had about 3,800 people in them. Beautiful weather, porches were all decorated, there was a slight breeze and so much shade to hide in. It was still a newer event, but this particular date was the biggest we'd had at that time. As I said, this was my very first Porch Fest as an artist, and I was pumped. I mean, (laughs) the event was being held in our historical district, and all of the houses on the street were amazing works of art all on their own. I mean, big, old, Victorian, like, it was like a museum in the form of a street. Across the street from my porch was Avenue HQ, an event center that also sometimes doubled as a gallery. I had had my very first art crawl there, and... I really felt it was one of the hearts of our art community. So needless to say, I felt totally in my niche and surrounded by my people. The day after the event, I wrote this in my blog. Yesterday, I got to be a part of my first downtown festival. This one was called Porchfest. Several historical homes on the same strip got together and donated time on their large porches for musicians and visual artists to come and perform live. It was a free festival, anyone could attend, and there was food, tie-dye stations, and super fun stuff for the kids like chalk art and face painting. I myself got to nestle beneath a big tree with huge green leaves and display my art on a table while working live at my easel. I painted five little pieces total, three pretty landscapes, one sketch, and a fail. (laughs) It was super fun being surrounded by live music, live visual artists, and kids carrying baloo animals. My own daughter had a cat balloon and a face painted like a rainbow. She had blueberry sorbet and made me a tie-dye shirt. Next year, I hope to have my own kiosk slash tent where I can display my artwork better and a much more efficient way of receiving payment, like a card swiper thing for my phone. I can't wait. 
Hindsight is a funny thing. It's interesting to go back and read the words of 2019 Lena, knowing the world was going to change, and so would she. I think that's why I'm so passionate about being present and in the moment, that the only you who matters is the you of today, because the you of tomorrow may live in a completely different world. For us, our first wake-up call came just before midnight on May 23rd, when an F3 tornado carved a line down the very center of our city, narrowly missing our Capitol building, but blasting through schools, homes, the famed Missouri State Penitentiary, and our beloved historical district we'd had Porchfest at just weeks before. I had no idea, as my family and I huddled in the dark laundry room in the basement with our pets, that it had come so close to our house. It was too dark to see outside. The only sound were the haunting wails of the tornado sirens and a strange rumbling. When we felt it was okay to leave the basement, because we didn't hear an all clear. <laughs> we received a phone call from my husband's mom who told us that Jefferson City had been hit head on. I remember crying out, not my city, but not much more was said. There wasn't anything to do besides climb into our bed, my husband, daughter, and I, and try to sleep in the pitch dark room, the pitch dark city. It was hot because our air conditioner wouldn't work without power, but I felt others had it worse at that time, though I wasn't sure how yet as our internet was also not working. Little by little, we got texts and alerts as family members announced they were safe. That was when I learned that Leanne was pulling a late night at the local gallery. And I freaked out a little bit at first because she should have been home safe in her bed, but she was in the gallery and I still did not know yet what the trajectory was. She told me that she was safe, but that's when I learned that the historical district had been hit. The next question I asked her for this podcast was about this tornado. I said, tell me about your experience. How hard was it to witness the devastation of the same street we'd had Porchfest on only weeks before? And this is what she said back. It was too hard to put into words. The street didn't even look the same. It was sad, dark, cold, and once was full of laughs was now tears. Our Porchfest hub, Avenue HQ, was the first building to be completely destroyed. I was with the owner on the street 30 minutes after it happened, just in shock. The first thing you noticed as the sun rose was that all of the trees were gone, and all of the houses were missing chunks of roofs, sides of the building, fences, etc. No one ever looked at Capitol Avenue the same after that day. The next morning, my husband had to go to work, because apparently even tornadoes don't stop work. <laughs> And he texted me and told me that it was really bad, that the state of the city on his way to work had been terrible. There were trees down, power lines down, everything was everywhere. There was insulation in our front yard and in our trees. It was just so surreal. And even as he told me how bad it was, I still had this hope that maybe it wasn't as bad. But later on, I had to run an errand with my daughter, and as we drove into just moments from our house, we started to see the damage, and we realized just how close that tornado had come to our house, and how lucky we were. Almost all the houses we looked at where the tornado had carved through were windowless and had no, win no roofs, and there were trees just everywhere. 
all over the place. In the middle of the streets, there were power lines down. Street signs had been curled up like tinfoil. I mean, I have never seen anything like that in my entire life. On the way back home, I tried to take a certain turn so I could at least get a glimpse of Capitol Avenue and what we had lost. But police were blocking it. Trees were in the road. The entire school next to it had zero windows. They were all busted out. Luckily, there were only a few injuries and nothing, nothing lethal. Nobody died. The only thing that we had to take care of, to repair, to heal, was our city and our state of mind. Because even though our house didn't get hit, and even though so many other houses didn't get hit, our city had been hit, and we, as a city, were dealing with something traumatic, even if we hadn't suffered the loss personally. We had been in it. We had seen it. Somebody took a picture of the tornado as lightning had flashed and showed it to us online, and we all stared, having no idea what to even make of it. An F3 tornado, they decided. 160 mile an hour winds. I couldn't believe it. And today, every time we hear that tornado siren go off, we are in the basement because we know that anything can happen at any time that can change the course of your life forever. Because our historical district had been hit, I mean, even today they're still dealing with some of the repairs. We couldn't have our fall porch fest on the same street. Avenue HQ was bulldozed away, leaving nothing left but a gaping hole. The art community mourned. Needless to say, our fall porch fest was bittersweet. It was on a pretty street with lots of trees and orange, red, and yellow leaves. But I know we had I know we all had that night at the back of our mind. I mean, we brought it up to those who came by our porches and booths. We felt comfort in these conversations because while we had gone through something hard, we had gone through it together. It made me feel less alone, and I'm thinking it did the same for everyone else. Around that time though, my career was picking up, and so even though I still had to drive through the streets with broken homes and blue tarps where the roofs used to be, I also had to focus on my art. I did a solo show at the local conservation center, was featured artist at the local gallery, and I felt like 2020 was going to be my year. The year it finally all clicked into place, and I could finally help pay the bills, and I could officially say I was a professional artista. Would I buy a beret? I don't know. I mean, is that part of it? I bought an $80 planner that helped me formulate a business plan and came with several virtual classes about marketing and business planning. <laughs> I was ready, but... Ugh. You know what happened next. We all know what happened next. The entire world had to shut down. I'm going to take this moment now to address my sponsors, which I do not have. Oh, I do not have sponsors. I do not have sponsors. Okay. Anyway, my sponsors right now are... Well, again, non-existent. But there are a few ways you can support the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and or my intuitive art, you can head on over to my website, www.lenaforester.com. Click on the gallery and 
find some artwork that you'd love to hang in your home. That stuff is just sitting here in a box and I really, really, really want it to have a forever wall. So please go take a look. Also, prints are coming to my website, so keep an eye out for those. And yeah, and uh, I've been also working on, uh, you know, empty, blank, wordless diaries, handbound journals, sketchbooks, and cards. So keep an eye out for those as well. Uh, you can also go on over to my Patreon and become a patron. There are four tiers to choose from. All four tiers have their own benefits. It's like subscribing, but you get, you know, and it's like subscribing and you get fun things every month in return. And... The third thing you can do to support the podcast is to like, subscribe, share, tell everybody that this podcast is a thing and that you love it and that you want to keep listening to it and we can really spread the word that Eccentric Chai exists and maybe we can help a few of those creative weirdos feel a little bit less weird as we all come together in our own little weirdo community. Now that we've gotten that out of the way... Let's get back to it! The last two years are kind of a blur for me. I think it's because we were all on pause and so not much went into that long-term memory. I remember being in my house a lot, my daughter having major cabin fever, and being able, I mean her being unable to have a birthday party or Christmas with family, it was just awful. I remember ordering groceries instead of heading to the store, which actually I liked (laughs) a lot. Um, Face masks, you know, they became a fashion accessory. You all know you were there. So in 2020, we were able to have a porch fest, but we had to have it virtually. So basically, we just recorded ourselves doing what we do and then sent it in and then people could attend the entire show online. It wasn't as exciting, I didn't get to chit chat or have that feeling of community that I had in 2019. The next question I asked Liam was about this virtual Porch Fest. I said, when COVID hit, how did that affect Porch Fest? And she said, COVID tried to wipe out Porch Fest just like it did everything else. But as organizers, we knew we didn't want that to happen. It was our job, our duty to keep it going in any capacity, even if virtually. Art heals, art helps people, so it was more important than ever that we adapted and provided some distraction from COVID that was just completely freaking everyone out. Virtual Porch Fest was way harder than in-person, strangely enough. It was hard to keep the artists on schedules and due dates for turning in material. Also, we have a lot of older artists that had never once recorded themselves, let alone emailed me a file or uploaded to a Google Drive. I spent a lot of time helping people figure out how to participate. Through Virtual Porch Fest, we were able to share music provided by the artists, virtual crafts that you could do along with the video, a virtual city art tour, and we had a comedian join us to record a video. It was different, but successful and much needed. For some reason, this being stuck at home on pause turned me back to illustrative work. I didn't want to be an illustrator and I still don't, but for some reason, I went back to drawing my bunnies that everyone loves and I think it was a coping mechanism maybe. It was therapeutic to me to just paint in between the lines, you know, like you would in a coloring book. But I also enjoyed it because it made others smile during a time in which we didn't have much to smile about. 
In 2021, due to the amazing doctors and scientists who created a vaccine, we finally had our first in-person porch fest again. And we had it on our historical district, believe it or not. But that street is not the same. A lot of the buildings are still in repair mode, and several of the buildings, as I've said before, had to be cleaned up off the ground. Once again, I had that night of May in 2019 at the back of my mind because of where we were. I didn't enjoy myself. It was too hot, and I was afraid to get close to people. Things just weren't the same. My next question for Leanne was about this first in-person porch fest. I asked her, did you feel like it was different than the porch fest in 2019? Were you under any restrictions? And what precautions did you have to take? She said, The first Porch Fest after COVID definitely felt different. For many, it was a relief to be doing an in-person event. For some, it was too scary to attend. And for some, it was finding a balance. We had extra hand-washing stations everywhere. We made sure the crowds distanced from the artists as best as they could. Balloon animals and face painting were not COVID safe and our projects were more of takeaway than community engagement. I would say we didn't have as many participants as pre-COVID and we also didn't have as many artists. But there was a silver lining to all this COVID nonsense. In July of 2021, I wanted to do something over a weekend, you know, just to perk up everyone's mood. And I told everyone on Twitter to post their picture in a thread and I would turn them into a bunny. Like I said, it was just meant to be a weekend thing, but it wound up being over a month and a half. As I got, I got nearly 150 pictures to turn into bunnies. It was amazing. Everyone was changing their profile pictures to their bunny personas. They all began using the hashtags bunified and cottontail cult. And during that time, I felt that spark I'd been missing, that community feeling. Everyone was sharing and chatting and making jokes. It, even though it was online, it was like we were all in the same room. I continued to draw silly things like that until the Fall Porch Fest, which wound up being a successful day for me because maybe everyone just needed a little bit of silliness in their lives. But I started to feel like maybe, just maybe, things were getting back to, you know, not normal, but a new normal. I mean, we were still wearing masks and staying away from everybody and still using hand sanitizer everywhere we went. My daughter was still wearing a face mask to school, but soon she was vaccinated as well and we were boosted and things started to feel a little bit normal. But I didn't realize how normal things had gotten until this last weekend when we had our spring porch fest of 2022. We had it on a brand new street and I had, at the beginning of the year, turned a brand new leaf and had dove head on into this intuitive art practice. So, you know, no more illustrations. <laughs> back to intuitive art, back to my niche, back to what I was meant to do. So this portrait felt like the very first one ever. Like, we had just scrapped the past and we're starting all over. About 5,000 people came to this event. It was insane! <laughs> I was once again surrounded by live musicians and visual artists and kids running by with tie-dye shirts and ice cream and hands covered in sidewalk chalk. People stopped by my booth and talked to me about intuitive art. They asked me questions. We chatted about how nice it was for the first day in May. The tornado was not at the back of my mind and neither was COVID. We were just having fun. We were just in the moment. And my intuitive work showed it that day too. 
It was vibrant and colorful, and I even got out my pink acrylic and was finger painting. I was covered in paint and pastels and ink by the end, and I was sunburnt, but oh man, I felt so good. It had been one truly awesome day, because humans, you know, they're just so amazing when they come together like this and, and just celebrate. I got Leanne's input on this most recent porch fest. I asked her, how did it feel to host such a successful event? And she said, quote, the first porch fest of the year is always scary to me because I hope people haven't forgotten about us all winter. This last one was extra scary because we were in a new neighborhood. You never know how that's going to go or how the community would feel. Most of the time after we have one in a new neighborhood, they want us back and it grows again because neighbors that didn't participate see how easygoing and fun it is, and then they want to join. This was our biggest event yet, and we've already been asked back and have gained five or six more porches for next time. Porchfest just pops up, is super fun, and pops down like we were never there. A block party for the street, where the entire community can come. It feels amazing when it all comes together, and it's successful because it's a great platform to introduce all types of arts to people." End quote. My last two questions for Leanne were about the future. I asked her, how encouraged are you for future events? She said, quote, I am always excited and encouraged for my future Porchfest events. Every single one is different, grows, and gets better and better. We are on a great streak, and we are hoping to continue to draw new artists, musicians, and neighborhoods that want to do it, end quote. And my final question to her was, is there anything you'd like to say to the community? for those who attended and for those who volunteered, and even for those who couldn't make it this time. She said, quote, I just would like to say thank you to the community for all the support in helping this festival grow. It wouldn't exist without one, the artists, two, the neighborhood, and three, the community. Everyone donates their time, and so truly it's an event for the community by the community, end quote. This event is absolutely something that the art community uh, the creative community as a whole is never going to forget. Leanne and her event planning team should be so proud of themselves for this event. So I think the moral of this whole experience for all of us has been to focus on what's important to you and also to maintain that present state of mind that, that who you are today is what matters. But also, just because we've been through this ordeal, we can't let that affect our future. We can't let that affect our dreams, you know? We still need to have dreams. We still need to have goals. It's part of who we are. So don't be afraid to look forward to the future. Just keep that thing in mind where you're like, you know, I'm going to plan this out. I cannot wait for these events, or I can't wait to go to this birthday party, or I can't wait to go on this vacation, but I'm also going to remind myself that anything can happen. And so if I do get to go on this vacation or to this event, I need to remember how lucky I am that it's happening and that I get the chance to celebrate with people that I love, with my community, and to feel like this is where I belong. I have a few shout outs to give. First of all, thank you so, so much for Leanne Perillo for being my interviewee today and for just 
being an amazing person, an amazing friend, and just an awesome, awesome person overall for our community. Thank you so much to Coco the Cat for once again providing his input. Apparently he too agrees that you should not let the past hinder your future. Go ahead and keep those dreams and goals, but remind yourself to be grateful when you actually get to reach those goals and those events and those celebrations. Thank you to Onda Norte, Howard Harper Barnes, Lars Meyer, and Franz Gordon for the music. Thank you to Epidemic Sound for providing the music. And thank you to you for being here with me today. It was a tough conversation, a tough topic, but we got it through it together. Until next time, may your maze be sunny and your family be healthy. Thank you for joining me.